Hi guys, my name's Eve. I started this journey about two years ago with a TikTok called Single in LA. And I described different places that you could meet people, what kind of people you were gonna meet, how easy it was to meet people as COVID started lifting and people started being concerned about that and not really knowing what to do. The dating apps were a mess. Since that time, I've really just come into my own single journey and had a lot of experiences that I've shared on TikTok and kind of wanted to create a podcast. It's been something on the back of my mind for a while that was a way for women, specifically women, you know, between the ages of 25 to 40 to share their experiences, to resonate with others and to relate with others and kind of understand that other people are going through the same experiences they're going through, whether that we're talking about it or not. One of my biggest revelations that I realized from being single and going through this journey was that unlike our parents who'd kind of all gone through the same experiences at similar time frames and had similar milestones um, in our generation and the generation you know above and below us people are taking different paths and what I'm doing at 34 is going to be different from what my best friend's doing and from what my neighbor or roommate is doing and it's important to know that you're not on this path alone, even though maybe none of your friends are on the same path as you at the same time as you and our timelines are different. For example, my best friend is married with a newborn uh, who's five months old and I am about as single as it gets. And she was explaining to me how there'd been these situations that had happened to her during her pregnancy and, you know, childbirth that she didn't have anyone our age to talk to about because she was the first of our friend group to have a child. Now, that's vastly different from, you know, what my mom's experience was. And so the point of this podcast is to pick a different topic every week, you know, the tough ones, the taboo ones, and really dive deep into what that experience was like um, for me, or sometimes I'll have people on here to talk about their experiences with it. And not to give advice, not to tell you how to do it, but just so that you can understand that other people have been on that journey and other people have had similar experiences, even if you haven't talked about it, you don't know it. So with that being said, today's topic is a heavy hitter. Um, we're starting with abortion. And I interviewed a friend who'd gone through an abortion. I too have gone through an abortion um, and I interviewed a friend about it. And I decided not to publish the interview with her because she hadn't gotten to a good place yet to talk about it. For her, it had happened, you know, only a month or two ago, and she wasn't quite at a good place to talk about it. But she really appreciated and desired the idea and, and to support the idea that we should talk about it. So... The reason I say this is because when I went through my abortion, I didn't know anyone who'd gone through an abortion. Um, I, I had an abortion in March of 2022 and I did not know a single person had an abortion. Come to find out, I actually did know quite a few people who'd had an abortion, but no one talked about it and no one had disclosed it. And it was only when I started disclosing it that people said to me, I've had an abortion too. I wish I'd felt like I could talk about it. And these are women from all different 
walks of lives, career paths, different journeys. And it was just fascinating to me. I, I even found out that my mom had had an abortion. Um, it was fascinating to me to learn that all of these girls, I think in total there was five or six that I was pretty good friends with that came forward and told me that they had also had an abortion in the past, you know. Uh, it was one of those experiences where I was like, why aren't we talking about it? Why isn't anyone discussing this? We talk about the right to have an abortion. We talk about that all the time. We talk about the laws around abortion. We talk about whether you know men should be able to control our bodies, whose choice it is, etc. But we don't actually talk about the women who are having them. We don't actually talk about what happens. You know, I think it's become status quo for if you ask a guy, does he believe in abortion? His response, if he's liberal, will be, you know, that's not my choice. That's the woman's choice. And his response, even if he's moderate, will be that. And his response, if he's conservative, might be, you know, I don't believe in abortion, but he'll still probably get to the part where he says, it's not my, you know, choice. It's a woman's body. It's a woman's choice. And that's become such a trope that it really became something I focused on and thought about during my own experience because I realized that while on the one hand that trope does put the power in the woman, it also strips her of power because it completely negates the man's responsibility. It completely removes him from being responsible for the choice, for him from being responsible for what happens. It, it's almost like he says, not my problem. Um, and I'm sure that there are certain men who say it's the woman's choice and they support her and they embolden her to make the choice and support it. But I've also heard of situations where it was kind of a wipe my hands clean. It's your choice. You figure it out. And that almost strips the woman of power because she's being told in effect that the man wants nothing to do with it and or does not want to be a part of this hugely monu monumental choice and probably doesn't want to engage in emotional support or maybe doesn't know how to get engage in emotional support and doesn't really want to deal. So a lot of women, myself included, therefore feel like they can't go through with it. Um, they can't go through with a pregnancy because they will be alone because the man has absolved himself of any responsibility, not only with the child, but with the choice. And that, in effect, strips me of my power to make the choice I want to make because I'm now involving the man subliminally, even though he doesn't want to be involved. Um, the wild thing about it is, I, is I, I remember this kind of spinning in my head when I was going through this experience and I was battling between three different options and it was the choice I wanted to make the choice I wanted to make if the man was involved and the choice I wanted to make if the man wasn't involved. And they were three vastly different choices. And so by him saying it's your choice, he was putting that onus on me to pick the right one without really knowing how he was going to act. Nonetheless, I do think it's really important that 
the man's choices weighed in this and considered whether that choice be that he never wants to have a child or not. So, and I'm kind of rambling at this point because there's a lot that goes into this topic, but I'll start with my own experience and my own story. I, and I won't go into the details about how I met this man or any of that because um, I respect his privacy and I don't think that kind of matters. But we've not been dating long and I found out I was pregnant. Now, let me first start with, I took morning after. It did not work. Um, that's a cautionary tale to people who rely on morning after. Um, but I took morning after, it did not work. I was, we'd kind of fizzled by the time um, it'd been like a week or two since we'd seen each other and I wasn't getting my period, um, but I'd recently come off birth control, so I didn't think too much of it. And about, I was eight or nine days late for my period and I remember being like, you should just take a pregnancy test. And I took it in the Austin airport by myself. I took two of them um, at 4 a.m. waiting for a flight on February 16th. And I remember thinking like, wow, this is just like this experience is wild. I've never taken a pregnancy test in my life. I've never had a pregnancy scare. I've never kind of gone through an experience like this by any means, nor did I really know any friends who had. And I remember the first line shows up and then it shows up on all of them. And then the second line was like kind of faint. And in my naive mind, I was like, oh, it's like COVID tests. Like I'm not really pregnant. I took a second one, same thing. And then I read the box and the box was like any second line means you're pregnant. Had no idea. So I'm about to get on this flight and I text the guy and I'm like, hey, I have no idea how to say this to you, but I'm pregnant. And then I get on the flight, airplane mode. He freaks out, I mean, unsurprisingly. Uh, I, it didn't occur to me that my phone wasn't going to work in the air and that he might freak out and not realize why he couldn't get in contact with me because he didn't know I was about to get on the plane. Um, but I land and I've got, you know, all these text messages from him and he's very supportive and says, you know, I'm sure you're terrified. Like, what do you want to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, I don't know. I call my best friend. My best friend knows how much I want kids. And... She's like, well, I don't know whether to be happy or not for you because I don't know kind of where your head's at. And I remember that being the first like thought I had was, wow, like I've wanted kids forever. I've always said I believe in abortion, but I would never have one myself because of how badly I wanted kids. And now it's sitting here like I'm pregnant. Everything that I've wanted is right in front of me and I don't know what decision I'll make. And it's when it occurred to me that you kind of don't know what decision you'll make until you're in the situation. You can say all day long, you know what you'll do, and then you're there, and it's like, what do I do? And everything, I started questioning everything I'd wanted. And I remember saying that to her, and she was like, I'm confused, you've always wanted a kid. And I was like, yeah, I have. But, and it, it was 
this moment where I was like, oh, this is going to be hard. This is going to be tough. I'm going to have to make a really tough decision. Because what happens if you have an abortion and then three years later you meet the love of your life and you, you know, can't have kids? I'm 34. I was 33 at the time. Um, you know, three years from now I'd be 35, 36, 37. And um, it's harder to have children. And that's not to say you can't because you can for sure. But and my mom had me at 36. But I just had this moment where I was like, what if, like, what if this is the universe or, you know, the higher power or God or whoever you believe in? What if it's, this is them offering me a child and I turn it down and I don't have another opportunity? That's one thought going through my head. The other is, you know, is this guy going to let me make this choice? I knew he came from a conservative background. Is he going to let me make this choice or is he going to want to be a part of this choice is does he want a kid is he going to want to raise this kid with me uh i don't even know how one gets an abortion like is it medical is it a surgery how how long does it take to recover all these thoughts are flooding my head and i've got to go to work and i kind of froze and i remember telling him i needed to talk to him and we had a call that night and he was like i don't want a kid but it's your choice. You can do whatever you want, but I do not want a kid. And I said, okay, but if I have a kid, are you going to feel like you need to be a part of this kid's life? Like, are you going to feel obligated? And he said, yeah, I'm going to feel obligated to be a part of this kid's life, but I don't want a kid. And that was the first of a lot of really tough conversations I had with myself when I thought, how can I bring a kid into this world knowing that at 12, 13, 14, I'm going to have to explain to that kid, hey, your dad does not want to know you, does not want to be a part of your life. Or because it's so unknown, you bring the kid into this world and the dad decides he does want to be a part of its life. Or maybe he wants to be a part of its life intermittently. He wants to come in and out. And my experience was, you know, especially involved around the idea of a man I was not in a serious relationship with but I can think of two friends one who was married at the time that she had an abortion and one who was in a relationship at the time that she had an abortion a serious relationship and both of them said the same thing because there's no guarantees right you bring this child into the world and even in a loving marriage you don't you don't know how it's going to affect things or how it's going to change things the other thing that was fascinating to me was hearing from the two of them how they were thinking about it from the guy's perspective, even though both guys said, you know, this is your choice. My married friend said she had some of the same guilt that I'd felt in terms of if I don't have this child, will I be able to have one later? But the other guilt that she felt was the judgment from society saying, you're married. Why aren't you having this kid? We know you want kids. And her feeling like she had to explain and defend that it wasn't the right time. We don't, you know, we don't think about the fact that it might not be the right time. It's always considered a blessing. It's always considering how lucky you are. And there's so many women who go through fertility struggles and fertility challenges that it's not discussed that a woman who's married in a loving relationship, you know, owns a house might say, it's not the right time for me. 
Similarly, my friend who was in a relationship said that, well, I guess not similarly, but juxtaposing with this, she said that she was terrified that if she had this kid, even though she was in a relationship, even though she loved the man she was with, that he'd leave her, that he, it would be so divisive in their future. Uh, both of these women told me that after they had the abortion, the man never brought it up again. And that was my experience too. I was effectively ghosted after I had the abortion. Even though I asked the guy, I said, the one thing I want out of this, like, I don't care if we ever are friends, if we ever have a relationship, like whatever. I said, all I'm asking for is for you to pick up the phone and give me emotional support for, you know, a month or two after, because I don't necessarily want to talk to other people about it yet. And I just want someone to talk to you on the phone about it. And he said, yeah, of course, no problem. He never picked up the phone again. And at the time, it was devastating to me. I was walking three hours in the morning, every morning, meditating, praying, seeing psychics, seeing a therapist, talking to anyone and everyone I could, couldn't understand, um, working and never, never received a call. And I called him, texted him, et cetera, and nothing, um, asked to have a conversation with him for closure and nothing. And that was, I had to make my own closure. I had to really, really dig deep and go through months and months of pain about why to get to the place that I'm at now. And it was during that journey and pain about why that I opened up to people and told them and realized how many of my friends and acquaintances had also had a similar experience and had never told a single person, not their parents. Some of them hadn't even told their significant others. Most, most of them had told their significant others or, you know, the f- potential future father, but I would say nine out of 10 had never told anyone besides that person. Um, and that's when it kind of hit me that, that we don't talk about this. We talk about the choice. We don't talk about the effect. We don't talk about the pressure on the woman to make a choice in a vacuum. She's making a choice for her own body, for her own health, for her own mental stability. And not only is the man absolved of that choice, but she's also making it on behalf of him and having to guess how he's going to respond and react. And then having to go through the next nine months, not sure. Even after nine months, you know, you could go one year, two years, and that man decides he doesn't want the kid, right? There's just not that same connection. So needless to say, after we had our discussion and he tells me he doesn't want a kid and he says, you know, but it's your choice. I tell him, you know, I'm going to go through this experience thinking through all the different possibilities and options. And I spent the next four weeks like I said, walking every morning, talking to people who could help me, therapists, etc. And I realized I'd caught the pregnancy early enough. So I was six weeks. So, you know, you have up to 10 weeks to take a medically induced abortion. So for those people who have not experienced this, there's kind of two options in California, at least. You can take a medically induced abortion up to 10 weeks. Technically, I think you can take it up to 12, but most doctors want you to take it by 10 because of the health benefits and the, you know, mitigation of risk. And then from 12 weeks to, I actually think in California, it's something really far, like maybe 28 weeks, but I could be wrong. Um, You can have uh, effectively a surgical abortion. And 
if you have a medical abortion it doesn't go well you can then have a surgical abortion after it the medical abortion involves you taking these pills and experiencing about two or three hours after you take the pills you experience what can only be described as like the worst cramps of my life you're doubled over um you're just there's i mean it's all just coming out of you in the toilet and that goes on for about 24 hours um and if you have a surgical abortion i didn't have one but it requires anesthesia and uh, i believe it requires anesthesia actually um they can do it there's two different kinds i know they can do one in office and they can do the the other one they have to do in the hospital but what no one talks about is the hormones coursing through your body while you're making this decision that's one of probably the most important decisions you'll make and the fact that once the abortion occurs the hormones don't just leave your body they're still there for weeks it's not like the abortion stitches you up and sutures you and you're good it's like a part of your body has left you and you're an open wound for weeks afterwards, both emotionally and physically. You can't use tampons. You're using these granny panty pads. Um, you know, you're, and by the time you get to 10 weeks, you are experiencing pregnancy cramps. You are feeling pregnant. Your boobs are, you know, tender, etc. And it's real. It's not an experience in which, you know, 10 weeks in, you just take a pill and it's gone. It's not like morning after. Morning after, I feel like you take the pill and you don't really experience... I mean, some people get cramping and some people it affects their next period, but it's not drastic or dramatic comparatively. Anyways, I rented a hotel and I decided I was going to have the abortion, the medical abortion, in a hotel on the beach. I didn't want it to be tied to my apartment. Uh, I went, I remember going to the doctor and he wanted to tell me the gender. Um, cause I guess you can in some cases at 10 weeks and he could. And I remember being like, please don't. And he gave me an ultrasound. Um, and I remember saying I didn't want it because until I made the decision, I didn't want to know, which is, maybe in retrospect I would have so for those four weeks I didn't talk to anybody about it I didn't talk to my mom I didn't talk to my friends I shut off my phone I shut off my social media I didn't talk to anybody and I remember part of the reason I did that was because I didn't want to be influenced by outside factors and I wanted to have the autonomy to make this choice as true to myself as possible. As true, not just to myself, but to the man as possible. And I'm glad I did that. But I'm also glad that I was able to eventually share with people and realize that other people had gone through a similar situation, a similar choice. Um, And I guess for me, the decision was less about myself. I remember people saying to me after, why did you care what he wanted? It doesn't matter. His choice isn't valid. His choice doesn't, you know, it's not important. And I remember thinking, look, 
if this guy had been a one night stand and I was never going to see him again, never going to talk to him again, had no idea who he was, I would have kept the child. I would have kept it because I knew I could raise it on my own. I knew how much I wanted a child. If this man had said, let's do this together, I'll be there every step of the way, I'll raise the child with you, I would have kept the child. But he didn't say either. He said, I don't want a child, but I'll feel obligated to be around. Which to me signifies, I'll pop in and out when it's convenient. I might decide I want a child at nine months. I might decide I don't. I might disappear. I might be around. I might show up at Christmas. I might not. And... I felt like it would be selfish for me to keep a child knowing that, to keep it because I wanted the child knowing that that would be their experience with their dad. And sure, he might have come around, who knows, or he might have disappeared completely and been one of the two alternatives I first mentioned. But there was no there were no guarantees. And what I learned from talking to my friends was that they had the same experience. There were no guarantees. There was no absolutes. And they had the abortion not because they didn't want a child. Uh, but because there are no guarantees and when there are no guarantees, you have to think rashly and you have to think about the timing of things. You have to think about who who you're with and what they want. So to say it's the woman's choice is such a trope because it's almost everything but the woman's choice. It is so much about the circumstance and about the man and about society and about the shame and the guilt and the fear, um, to the extent that I don't know that I even made a choice. I was considering everything but myself. And I remember my best friend kept telling me, but you want a kid, but you want a kid, but you want a kid. And I said, yeah, but you can't really negate and ignore all these other factors. And that's why I say it's kind of a cop-out when the man says it's it's your choice because it, you're putting that entire responsibility of choice on the woman. And I remember explaining this to the guy and he finally got it and he said, you're right, I shouldn't have put, like, yes, it is at the end of the day your choice, but you shouldn't have to make the choice alone. You shouldn't have to make it in a vacuum without feeling like you can talk to anyone, without feeling like you can ask me questions, without feeling like you can, you know, get to understand what's going on. And to his credit, he had those conversations with me. But I just knew at the end of the day, he didn't know what he wanted and he didn't know what his role would be. And it would be selfish of me to bring a child in to that uncertainty, even if I could provide a stable life for that child. So I have little advice on the topic, um, but my advice would be to really sit with your feelings, to, to close out external distractions and really sit with your feelings and process through every potential alternative. Remember that when you're first, when you first learn you know, you may feel differently from how you thought you'd all would always feel. And also, I guess, just to open up the door for this idea that so many more people than we know have experienced this and aren't talking about it. Open up the conversation. If you hear someone having told you that they've had one, be, you know, open to listening. 
be open to discussing. If you've had one, maybe be open to sharing it because the more you share it, the less it becomes taboo, the less it becomes a red mark, the less it becomes, you know, a scarlet A on women's chest for an experience that frankly, I, I think like 50% of women have gone through or something like quite high. I don't know the stats on it, but I remember looking it up and it being much higher than I believed. And for whatever the reason that they went through that experience, they went through it. And I can tell you firsthand that it's not just the physical, that the mental, the hormones, the stress in advance, the decision, the post, you know, procedure, all of that, it's, it, it takes months of your life. It will come back later on in your life in ways that you don't even realize if you bury it. It will trigger you in ways you don't know. We as women are raised to believe that our purpose in life is to procreate. And when we make a decision not to, you are stripped of some of your worth or you feel as though you're stripped of some of your worth. You feel as though, what am I bringing to the table if I'm not even producing kids? And Maybe that's an outdated viewpoint, but I know I felt that at times. Like, what what do I offer? I have a career, but no one cares about that. People care about your ability to provide grandchildren. People care about your abilities to be a mom. So to sum it up, that was my experience. And I know others have had experiences similar. And I wanted to kind of open a discussion about that and say that that's that's the purpose of this podcast, not to give advice, not to tell anyone what to do. I think everyone's on their own path and on their own journey, but to share experiences and let others know that they're not alone in those experiences. Not every episode will be this heavy. Um, this one's pretty heavy, but I, but it was important to me um, coming up on the one month or sorry, one year anniversary of the abortion. I had the abortion on March 11th. Um, so coming up on that one year anniversary, it was just really important for me to finally talk about it and be open and vulnerable and honest about it. But some of the other topics I'll be covering are egg freezing. I also froze my eggs, um, IVF journey, my friends going through it, divorce, um, marriage, children, childbirth, uh, long distance relationships, situationships, skincare over 30, um, any challenges in the like corporate world as a woman, basically every topic you can think of as a woman, um, because we're all on different paths. I have women who are absolutely crushing it in the work world. I have women who have four kids. I have women who've had their husbands cheat on them and decided to stay with them. I have women who've had their husbands cheat on them and they left. I have women who are single. I, I know so many women on so many different paths and I wanna create a platform for us all to share those experiences. Just so you know, that whatever your experience is, it's okay. There are other people on your timeline and you're not alone. So if you're interested, let me know what topics you want to be covered. Some of it'll be humorous. Some of it'll be lighthearted. Some of it'll be heavy. Um, but let me know what topics you want covered. Let me know um, any kind of information. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never made a podcast in my life, but it felt right. And hopefully you'll listen we're kind of kind of figuring this out as I go. Would appreciate any comments, feedback, thoughts as I navigate this journey.